I'm Derek Thompson, the host of The Ringer podcast, Plain English. Look, a lot of news these days is kind of nonsense. I'm not trying to reinvent the wheel here. I'm just trying to ask the questions that matter from people who know more than I do about everything I'm curious about. And that's most things. Recession fears, AI hyperbole, psychology, productivity, China, war, streaming, movies, sports, you name it. The world without jargon. The news without bias. Plain English with Derek Thompson. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. This episode is brought to you by Pure Leaf Iced Tea. Go beyond reality with new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea and discover a berry delicious world bursting with unexpected blackberry flavor. A world so full of refreshing blackberry iced tea that you may never want to leave. But there's always time to linger. Try new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. Visit Amazon.com slash Pure Leaf and enter 20 Pure Leaf for 20% off your purchase of new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. Or at least I don't do crystal meth in the bathroom all night long. That's my opinion! He will never emotionally fulfill you. Because I don't want to be a part of it. Go to sleep! Go to Close your legs to married men, trash box. I'll tell you how I'm doing. Not well, bitch. Who gonna check me, boo? Welcome to Marley Corrupt, a show here on the Ringer Reality Feed. I'm Rachel Lindsay. He is Zach Peter. And let's get right into the news of the week. And then we will be recapping pretty much everything that is on Bravo except Below Deck because we all know here on Morally Corrupt, Below Deck doesn't count. Okay, let's get straight into the news of the week because we got not one, but two trailers this week, which I was not even aware of until our own Callie Curry started talking about the gifts that Bravo was giving us. And I said, oh yeah, we just saw um, Potomac. I was like, yeah, we talked about that last week. We only got Beverly Hills. She said, no, we got Miami. And I, I don't know, Zach, if this is just me, I don't know what kind of, you know, like bubble I'm living in, but I am so unaware that these new franchises, not new to franchises, but that these franchises are coming back. I didn't know we were getting Miami soon. I didn't know we were getting Beverly Hills this soon. I mean, we're going to have Miami, Beverly Hills, um, Potomac. Southern Charm, Married to Medicine. Like, literally, we have such... We have Winter House. I mean, nobody really cares about Winter House. But, like, we have such a stellar lineup that's coming up, which also makes me fear that they're going to push Vanderpump back a little, and we're probably not going to get Vanderpump until, like, February. But I did... I was living for both the Beverly Hills and the Miami trailers. Like, the way Miami is shot is just so beautifully, because obviously it came from Peacock, now we're bringing it back to Bravo, and we're, like, we're keeping the budget. How did it ever leave us? Um, let's get into it. Let's talk about Real Housewives of Beverly Hills first. Season 13, we got the trailer. We've heard the rumors. But what you guys weren't aware of is 
the rumor, I don't know if it's a rumor because now it's out, our very own Zach Peter featured not in the middle, not at the end, at the top of the trailer. What a treat. My, I mean, I, I told Zach this, I rewound it like five times. I said, no, what? I Take it away, Zach, because you took it away in the trailer. How did this happen? Did they ask you for permission? How do we, like, I need all the details. And then I want you to lead talking about, because you, the news of the week with the Beverly Hills trailer, because you clearly are in the know. You're damn near holding a diamond. <laughs> yeah, they reached out to me a couple months ago. Um, but I will say, Rachel, I, this is not the first time I've been featured. This is I'm actually the only podcast to be featured five times in a Bravo show. What? I've been on Summer House. I've been on Vanderpump. And I was in the finale of last season's Beverly Hills. So they know me. They like me. And they're just like, Zach, we want to keep you booked and busy. So, But I didn't know it was going to be in the trailer. I thought it, they were just going to use clips when they were breaking the news at the top of the season for Beverly Hills in the premiere. But I was just as shocked as everybody. When I was playing the chair, I was like, wait, is that me? Do I have a podcast on in the background? Like, what? Like, where? Like, I was so confused. And then I was like, oh, my God. And then, you know, you hear me, you hear Kempire, you, you hear Heather McDonald, um, you know, breaking the news about Kyle and Mauricio splitting. So, but they don't tell you. You basically, they reach out to you. They're like, we want to play a clip. Can you sign a release? There's no guarantee that we're going to use it. And I have signed releases in the past and they haven't used me always. So I was just as shocked. I didn't even even hear the other podcasters. I And I'm not even trying to be funny. I, I only heard you. And I'm familiar with Kempire and Heather McDonald. But that's funny because I'm like, oh, they were? Because I only heard Zach. You're the voice of Beverly Hills, season 13. That's so fun. That's so fun. Um, okay. Always are breaking the news, Rachel. Yes. Yes, we are. Here on Morally Corrupt and outside of it. Um, Kyle and Mauricio, that we we know the rumors, and now they've actually finally confirmed that they are separated. But Mauricio, poor Mauricio, he's doing dancing with the stars now. And every question on the carpet, I'm so glad I'm not working that, is how's your relationship with Kyle? I imagine that's so frustrating for him that it's like, guys, I just did a whole number that I've been preparing for all week and all you care about is Kyle. Kyle's not dancing, I am. Well, let's be honest, he's not that great of a dancer. So the fact that we're keeping him relevant by even asking about Kyle is giving him extra clout for the agency. <laughs> we're all gonna wanna see buying Beverly Hills when it comes back on Netflix. Um, but I I don't know if you've seen the video that's been surfacing from one of the interviews where he's answering questions about his marriage to Kyle and his partner looks so annoyed. Like, she's kind of just standing yeah. there. And I'm like, she is more tired of answering these questions than I'm sure he is. Yeah. Nobody's paying attention to her. Everyone wants to talk about Kyle. And Kyle, yeah. I'm sure, loves that everybody wants to talk about Kyle. She does. I just would imagine that that's tough just in general for, like... Mauricio. I, it's, it is what it is. And I wonder if he can say, I'm not answering questions about Kyle today. Probably not. But then it's like, what else do you talk to Mauricio about? Like nobody cares about the technique of the dance. It's all about what's happening in your personal life. Um, I mean, I guess he could talk about buying back Beverly Hills, but next. We watch the show because we're just loyal to these people, not because the show was good. Um, I am curious as to your thoughts because the whole trailer centered around their relationship. But we know that the cameras did not 
when they announced that they were separating, they the cameras had shut down. We know that the cameras came back, but it's my understanding that it was more for confessionals than it was for actual filming. Please do tell. They filmed the reaction. So at the top of the trailer where you see them all reacting to the news, that was all part of the new footage that they filmed. The scene where you see Kyle and Mauricio at the end of the trailer where Kyle's wearing that like blue blouse and they're talking to the kids and the kids are crying, that was filmed after. And then the conversation between her and Erica, I think that's the meat of what the, the, them sitting down and talking to the girls about separating and then her and Erica, their conversation, though I think that was the meat of what was filmed afterwards because then she had yeah. to actually tell her side of the story. So she chose to to interesting that she picked Erica over Dorit, but you know, she's you know talking to to Erica about her marriage and what's going on. So they did you it seemed like they used a lot of that footage. From what I understand throughout the season, there are questions that are brought up, I believe, by Sutton about like Morgan Wade. Um, that that stuff kind Ooh. of gets asked because obviously we see Morgan Wade throughout, you know, the trailer as well. I'm gonna make you love me. And she's getting her little tattoo with the K. <laughs> um, and Dorit's like, like it's weird. I mean, I don't know. Would you get your friend's initial tattooed on your arm? Your girlfriend? Never. 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 N- not No, not even my husband. <laughs> never. Never. And I and I like tattoos. But I I think... I do like that they seem to address some of the things out there, like the speculation of the tattoo. That seems to be confirmed. Um, Kyle makes a comment about to discuss how they met. And she's like, you know, she stalked me. I don't know if she's joking or not, but I feel like there's a little truth to that. Um, the 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 big thing when Mauricio's like, well, thank goodness, you know, the rumors are about you. And she's like, well, this time, or for once, I'm paraphrasing, because we all know those rumors about Mauricio cheating have been out there for such a long time. So it's my understanding that there's a lot of drama with the new housewife, Anne Marie, who's a friend of mine, um, and with the other women, particularly with Crystal, which we get a little bit of that as well on the trailer. But from what I hear, it's a big deal. And there's so much more to come with that. So that'll, that seems like that will be the meat of, um, that seems like that will be the meat of the show in addition to Denise returning, which we know. Oh my God. Returning is a strong word. She came slurring in with her Casamigos Reposado in her purse. Like she was lit, litty city, like turn. And from what I hear, she's a hot mess to the point where at one point she even had her jacket on upside down because she was just like not fully coherent of what was going on. Oh my God, the best. I can't, I can't wait to laugh at her. I saw nothing of that. So I was at Garcelle's premiere. I was at Garcelle's premiere, um, the show about Miss, I mean, the movie about missing black women. And I was sitting right next to Nichelle Turner, shout out to her. And we see Denise walk in and we literally grab each other's arms and we're like, <gasps> and I was like, girl, don't leave yet. We need to say, we need to say and see what happens. Anyways, it was a fantastic movie. I was bawling at the end of it. I pray they don't show me. I, I can't even hug Garcelle. I'm crying so hard in this, <laughs> at the end of this movie. I, I hope they cut that scene out. But um, there was no drama. Actually, like I kept waiting to see if something would happen. You see the women talking and you see Erica and Denise go off and have a conversation, but it didn't look like everything looked very amicable. So I was like, oh, so that's why it's shocking to hear what you say. And even some of the things that we got on the trailer, because 
That didn't happen. And I don't know if that was the first time she popped up during filming or not. It seemed like that. She filmed a couple of times. I know she films a dinner, um, like a um, a weed dinner that Kyle hosts with all the ladies. And Cynthia Bailey went to that, which is just funny to think that like a few seasons ago, Kyle was like, I'm not doing weed in Amsterdam. And Brandy's like, we all know you smoke. And she's like, what are you talking about? I have children. And now here we have her hosting a weed dinner with everybody. Exactly. Um, which is funny. I think once Mauricio just admitted that he's always high, it's like, well, there's no hiding it now. Mauricio's always high. Um, well, it looks like it's going to be a good season. Uh, better than I thought, because I thought all the Kyle stuff would be at the end. So I'm actually looking forward to this. And then we also got the announcement that Erica's apparently getting her own spinoff called Bet, Bet It All on Blonde. And I think I speak for everyone when I say, How? Listen, I went to the show. I was at Bet It All on Blonde. I saw your pictures. Uh-huh. I was there. <laughs> I was happy to go. Um, and listen, it's the redemption. It's the comeback. Everybody loves to tear somebody down, but we also love to see somebody come back up. And I think Erica has a powerful comeback story because I don't believe that she... I think she knew Tom was shady, but I don't believe she knew how deep he was involved in all of this. I agree. At the end of the day, she's trophy wife number three. He's not coming home being yeah. like, hey, babe, let me cut up some steak and tell you that, you know, tonight's dinner is sponsored by Orphans and Widows. Like, you know, it's just, that's not what's <laughs> happening. You know, like he kept her in the dark with all of that stuff. And has she been the most tactful through all of this? No, she's definitely, you know, I don't give a fuck about anybody else but me. She's had her moments. Or what? <laughs> I think we all love a good redemption story. And when you see a woman get torn, when you see a woman fall down and build herself back up, that's something I want to see. And I've always kind of given her a little bit of grace just to see where this goes. And I think, you know, we'll see. It was a good show. I enjoyed Vegas. Uh, okay, moving on to Beverly Hills. Uh, from Beverly Hills to Miami. This trailer... Uh, Miami is so, it's so dramatic. The thing is, even if the storylines, and the storylines are good, but even if the storylines are flat, the women have such big personalities that it's always going to be good. It's always going to be just another level. Nobody, Atlanta is the closest thing. It's a big personality. It's like Potomac has big personalities, but they're just not as loud and in your face like Miami. Ah, your thoughts when you saw the trailer. Fire, Miami's on, 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 fire. I love Miami. I love these ladies. I'm still confused as to why we won't give uh, Marisol and Adriana a a mojito because I feel like they bring it every season. They've consistently brought it every season. Um, But no, it looks good. We're seeing Lisa get into the mix a lot more. I mean, it did feel Mm -hmm. a little performative, but I think, you know, she's in her thirsty era and she's living her best life, so good for her. But like, I'm I'm excited for Miami. I think we have a lot of rich storyline. You know, we have Gertie who's going through cancer. We have Martina who's recovering from cancer. And we see that her marriage with Julia, you know, continue to kind of be on the rocks. Julia, I think, is the most boring fucking housewife ever. But listen, at least we're getting something from her. She is boring. She's boring. Like, she's not interesting. I don't know why we've kept her on. But yeah. <laughs> she's calm. And you need one calm person. Usually, I mean, you could say that that's Nicole, but she's been fired up lately. You need a calm person. And so 
I I appreciate Julia's presence for that. But and Julia's always down to have a good time. That I like too. She usually wants to have fun. I'm very interested in the financial issues because sometimes with these with that Alexi is having with her husband because sometimes you do question how do these people have this money? How are they making their money? And not that you're rooting for them to fail, but I'm always very curious. And so when you hear this, it's like, and I can only imagine, this is one of the many reasons I would never be a housewife. I would feel so much pressure to keep up with the Joneses, so much pressure pressure to wear certain outfits, to carry a certain bag, to live a certain way, to drive this car. And that's a burden. I mean, these women are paid well, but they're not paid like that. And so I just, I would imagine that's some of what's happened to Alexia. Um, we're going to get Larza and Marcus Jordan, which I, a lot of people are interested in that. I could care less. The most interesting thing to me is that Michael Jordan doesn't approve. I love that so much. I don't know. I, I never would have thought as picky as Larsa seems to be with who she dates, who she brings into her life. The Marcus Jordan of it just shocks me. I need to see, he must be, I, I is he funny? Is he is he romantic? Is he charming? I need to know more about this Marcus Jordan because, and I so I hope we do see that because I'm not understanding. I'm because yeah. it's a controversial relationship. So for you to to take that leap, what is it about him? There's got to be something about him. I don't know. I don't either. I don't find him all that interesting. Um, Not interesting enough to like cause such a controversial, like, you know, issue with his dad and with her ex. Like, it's just strange. I need the details and maybe we'll get them. Um, We also know I'm Lisa, you know, she's dating a new guy. I don't know if they're still dating at the reunion. We saw her dating a new guy. Um, So she's going to be in her single girl era. So it'll be interesting to see that. We see her very turned up and 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 it at specifically Kiki and then she's also yelling at somebody else and as I was watching the trailer I'm like I want to know where the alliances are because it just I can't tell I can't tell who's on whose side I got the impression that they shift throughout the season like some people yeah which I feel like that's kind of a thing with Miami like the loyalty is kind of always there but like we're always willing to come for each other at any point so I don't know and that's going to make a good season, that the flip-flop. And then, of course, we're dealing with the, you know, Gertie. If you've been following her, you know that she has breast cancer. So it seems like we're going to get a bit of that, her announcing it to the women. We see her going into a procedure. And then also Martina, we know that she's been fighting two types of cancer. Uh, so I'm sure we'll get that as well. So it sounds like it's going to be an all-around season. Very emotional and a lot of drama as well. Okay, let's get into the recaps because we have quite a bit. We'll start with Southern Charm, which it picks up on that conversation that you found interesting that I did not, but then you convinced me to think about it an entirely different way. And I had your voice in my head the entire time I was watching this because I really see how big of a deal it is and especially to get... And especially to get more information from Olivia in regards to the timeline, it seems that when Taylor and Austin considered having a relationship with one another, 
Um, Olivia was in California. It was right after New York, which I don't know if that's reunion. They keep saying New York, like as if they were all together or something. I mean, it was either the reunion or BravoCon. I mean. Yeah, it was one thing where they were all together. It sounds like. And so Olivia's in California there to get, it just seemed like it was very soon. And Olivia and Austin were still communicating and maybe considering. And to hear Olivia tell it, she says Austin was still, you know, trying to work on a relationship with her and, or work on something with her. And then a week later, he just cuts it off. And so it makes it seem like he cut it off because he was possibly considering something with Taylor. Yeah. Wild. Your thoughts when, when, I mean, I know, I know where you stand because, you know, you got my mind right. But I'm curious is because we also get Taylor's response to Olivia's. She didn't see Olivia cry. I think she learns that later. Um, But she we well no, we do. She learns later through Leva that Olivia cried and she was emotional. We also see her talking before that in the confessional about it. Your thoughts to Taylor's reaction to the fact that Olivia was upset at this revelation. I just don't think Taylor understands the magnitude of this. Like, she's just like, oh my God, but I'm not, but it, like, it's all still so wild to me that they're even still friends and that, you know, we still don't know to what degree that they've hooked up. Like, Taylor, I think, is just lost. I mean, I don't know what it is about. I mean, I know I love Austin's Muppet mouth, but like, I don't know what it is about Austin that like has her so hooked that like she doesn't care about Olivia. Like she really doesn't seem to have much remorse in this. She's like, oh my God, like I feel bad, but like I didn't do anything wrong. Like she just doesn't see it. Yeah, it it's reminiscent, reminiscent of uh, Raquel. Yeah. Of just like not understanding the situation. And then just to fast forward, there's something that Whitney says where I'm like, okay, maybe this is Taylor. He says, knowing Austin and knowing Taylor, I think that there were liquids exchanged. It was just like, Whitney, I don't know if that was supposed to be funny or what. Like that family, I don't know what their last name is. They just get on my nerves. The Whitney, the Patricia. There's a scene where Patricia's in her closet, which is the only piece we got of her, thank God, of this episode. And she's in her closet looking for something. And I just thought to myself, I bet those cameramen and those producers are just rolling their eyes the fact that they have to film with her and include her in the show. I feel like Whitney, you know, him creating this show is behind that. But I thought, how I know that they're pissed that they have to do this. You know they don't enjoy filming with her. Like maybe in the first couple of seasons, it was kind of interesting and kind of fun because she was a little zany. But like... They don't care about her anymore. They are so annoyed that they even have to have these scenes with her and with Whitney. Like, how many times do we have to see Whitney clean up fucking dog shit in his kitchen? Yeah. Yeah, it's totally over it. Every time I hear that voice, either one of theirs, I'm, I'm like, ugh. But what Whitney says about Taylor makes it seem like Taylor is... That was a big statement because you're basically speaking to her character that she has it in her to do something like that. You wouldn't say that about Leva. Nobody would say that it was in Love's character to do that. They wouldn't say that about Vanita. I don't even think they would say that about Madison. So the fact that 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 he was so quick to say that, I'm like, huh, what do you know about Taylor that we don't? Because as I was watching it too, I thought, you know what, Taylor, you're such a fucking idiot. 
you had everybody rooting for you. You know, cue Tyra right now. We were all rooting for you at the end of last season. We felt sorry for you. We thought, man, she's doing the Lord's work by staying with Shep all these years. She's going to make Shep better. We felt so sorry for her that she'd been so wrong and seemed to love Shep so much, only for the tables to completely turn. And she's a villain. Yep. She had it in the bag. Just like Raquel. We were rooting for her because she left James because James is so abusive towards her. We were ready for her to like, you know, have her moment, stretch her Bambi legs and and serve. And she, you know, served Sandoval. Yeah, she, she served Sandoval. The only redeeming thing, I think, for um, Taylor at this point and maybe even Raquel is to give us the audience what we want. Put those two together and get a spinoff show. Hot mess. That's what they need. I want a spinoff show of them just, you know, like causing havoc throughout the country. Put them on a road trip. They're messy. They start off as friends. By the time they get across the country, they hate each other. They're tearing each other. That's what I want to see. I want, what would we call it? Ray Tay. I want to see them on a Bachelor style show with the two of them dating. Double bachelorettes. Let's let's I'm for it. Put these two together. Give the people what they want. Like they deserve each other at this point. Dating show. Remember relationship. Remember that show? Yep. Terrible. But, um, you know, and and I mean, while we're out here handing shows out to people, bet it all blonde. Candy's 15th show with the network. Shep having a relationship show. Let's Keep it going. Give Taylor and Rachel a show together. I want to see it happen. Um, So Taylor seems to have no remorse at this point. She doesn't get what the big deal is. Um, Maybe she didn't think Olivia would put together the timeline. I have no idea. But we watched Taylor throw this event. She's working with this company called Day Chaser. I'm sick of um, seltzers. I'm sick of them. I'm sick of people doing it. They all taste the same. And by that, I mean nasty. Yeah, they, they, it, the flavor, it's like a hint of a nothing flavor. Yeah, it always, it makes you full. You know, I can't, like, the only, and it's not even a seltzer. I don't know what you would call it with the margaritas, the limeritas. Bud Light was, those get you messed up quick. It's like doing a four loco. And I, I, that I was, I would be down for, but the other stuff gives you a headache. It makes you full. You just have to go to the bathroom all the time. Yeah. Not into the seltzer craze. Really not. But here she is, day chaser, Leva doing the Lord's work, allowing her to do it at Republic. Um, she has everybody dress up in ski attire, which I mean, it kind of worked out because it was raining. So, but otherwise, it's like, in theory, maybe that was a good idea. But in reality, no. Um, Madison looked cute. Madison had a bomb outfit. Love Madison. She can do no wrong. I love her at her crazy and I love her at her proper. I Yeah, I, I, I enjoyed Madison this episode because she gives us exactly what we need. She keeps the storyline moving with by stirring the pot. So Austin skips this party because... He is a coward and doesn't want to deal with and 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 honestly, probably because he's lying and he doesn't want to deal with the Taylor and Olivia and the Shep of it all because, you know, he needs to avoid, avoid, avoid. But thank God 
that they, Craig brings, eventually brings, because nothing's going on at the party, right? Shep confronts Taylor, whatever. Nothing really happens there. He basically tells Taylor, I know, I know what happened. That, you know, you were considering a relationship. Blah, 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 blah. Um, But Craig doing what Craig needed to do, because he doesn't really have a storyline. Craig brings Shep over to Whitney's house where Austin is, which is beautiful because they are messed up at this point. It's so great. Austin knows it. He's panicking because Craig did not tell him Shep was coming. Maybe he did. I can't remember. Did he? I don't think so. They also are like, bring Madison, which is just how you know Madison's such a good time. I mean, obviously Austin crushes on her, but still, you just know Madison's a good time because they're like, no, don't make it girls. It's not an open invitation, just Madison. (laughs) We have this, We it all leads up to this confrontation between Shep and Austin. And you know what I learned in that moment? And I'm curious if you notice this or you agree. Shep is non-confrontational. No. Did, like, he was tiptoeing around having to have this... Like, you got in the car, you made it here, and he almost seemed scared to have this conversation with um, um, Austin. Even Craig is like, stop being a punk and go in there and have this conversation. So he sits down with Austin... And he basically tells Austin, you didn't tell me everything. There was more to it. You and Taylor were considering having a relationship with one another. And I love that Shep calls out Austin and he's like, you're being vague. Austin was making no sense. Oh, he kept rambling and talking in circles. And deflecting when he was talking to Whitney, as Whitney said. I was like, oh, Shep is right on it. Austin is saying a whole lot of nothing. And then, of course, he blames it on the fact that he's been drinking. And Shep lets him know, oh, no, there's truth. There's truth in the wine. Vino Veritas. There is truth. And so, finally, Shep is like, listen, this is, I'm going to ask you straight up. Did you guys hook up? And Austin says... Define hooked up. Rachel, I was like, oh my God. Like, you you have something to hide. First of all, you've already been hiding things. You have something to hide. And like, we need them to just say it. And I want to know which one's going to say it first. Who's going to own up to it? Also, why haven't they got on on Tom and Raquel's playbook and started, you know, putting their stories together and and taking notes and doing flashcards in the backseat? Like, why are we still not getting on the same page? Because you're clearly not being honest about something. So at least get on the same page so that we don't keep seeing the flaws in your stories. Well, I think they were on the same page of we always deny that we ever did anything. Deny, deny, deny. But it seems like when Austin is confronted with this information of what Taylor shared Olivia, he seems taken aback. Because Shep even says, I don't know if you know Taylor told Olivia this. And Austin seems like, oh man, I can't believe Taylor said that. So it seems like their only agreement was, do not say we ever did anything physical. But because Austin's so messed up, it's like nobody would ever say, Zach, if I'm like, did you hook up with so-and-so? You would never say to find hooked up. You'd be like, no, absolutely not. I That never happened. If it weren't true. Like hookup can be, you know. Other than physical, what is hookup? What could hooked up mean? No, but I'm saying like hookup could have been like, we made out or there was a finger or like, you know, hookup can like can be a multitude of things. You're right. 
but it's still something. It's physical. And they've denied Taylor on the Bible, swear, I've never done anything physical. And Taylor's religious, like as opposed to when Austin says it, when Taylor said it, when Taylor said that, I thought she's very religious. She wouldn't say that if it weren't true. She could just say, no, it's not true. But she, when she's like, put it on the Bible, I'm like, well, she really believes in the Bible. It must not be true. But to hear Austin say that, it's like, I mean, and I'm going to be pissed if because they won't give us trailers for next week's episode. And I don't know when that stopped, but they need to stop doing that. We look forward to the trailers. You know how much it pains me? When the show's over and it says to be continued, and then the next thing we see is the fucking Mediterranean Sea, and we know that we're on below deck? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. <laughs> it's like banned from the show. Don't want to see that. To our, our show, Morally Corrupt. We don't want to see that. We don't want to talk about it. If the next, if next week they replay, because they will, him saying Define hooked up and he just laughs, I'm going to be upset. I can't with him. You better define hookup. They know. I'm still going to defend him blindly, but I can't with him. Well, great. I'm just going to start calling you Taylor. Because <laughs> you're that's that's the company that you're keeping right now. Moving on to OC. We have the reunion. The season's over. Part one of the reunion. Zach, just your overall thoughts um, with the reunion. Because... Coming into the reunion, I'm a person who very much so looks forward to this. We know the reunions. They're watch, they have watched the show back. There's always social media drama. Friendships change. Um, and the women are watching the show in real time and seeing things said or done that they didn't get to experience while they were filming. So I always have big expectations for the reunion. And I'm curious as to what your thoughts were. The set was pretty. It was pretty. Those are my thoughts about different. the reunion. <laughs> um, listen, it was fine. It, it, I mean, it wasn't like a bang out. Re the ladies looked lovely. The set was incredible. The set was my favorite part of it. Um, I mean, I like that Jen kind of put her foot down with Tamara a little bit. I like that. I mean, I was kind of annoyed that Shannon didn't take accountability for saying the CPS comment when clearly she said it. And I feel like, you know, she should have just been like, listen, I said it. I'm sorry. I, I, I was just being messy. I was drunk and I was being messy, you know? Yeah. Emily did a really good job at the end of the episode where she's like breaking it down to Shannon in like the like most layman of layman terms. She is breaking it down bit by bit of why you just need to say, I'm sorry. And it seems like even Shannon's like struggling to follow like, okay, but how can I defend this? How can I not own up to this? I think Shannon is despicable. We all know my thoughts. I've had big thoughts about her, you know, ever since Black Lives Matter. And everything that Shannon has done falls right into this behavior. I'm with Gina. This is just who you are. She just seems like a... Do I love watching her on the show? Yes. Do I think that she should be holding an orange? Yes. Do I think that she's a despicable human being? Absolutely. I think she's a great mom. Yeah. And that's it. And that's as far as I can go with, with Shannon. Um, you know, my thoughts... It Not that I expect there to be resolution at a reunion, 
But what I don't want are the exact same arguments that we watched you do for 16 episodes. Yeah, that's why to me the reunion wasn't like, it was literally like Taylor and and Heather. It was the same conversation we already had. I'm just surprised Taylor didn't bring up the chicken soup again. You know, to me it's not... No, but like it was just it was the same old thing with exception for Gina finally confronting Shannon because Shannon now saw the footage where she sees that she did make that comment. So other than that, like it was the same thing that we'd already seen. That's why I was like, I wasn't all that like it was a fine reunion. I think they're saving more of like the meat, which is the Heather stuff for next week. But I like that we're not getting these three, four part reunions anymore. We're getting two part reunions and it's like, you know, we're wrapping things up and we're we're moving it at a interesting quicker pace. I feel like when you get a two-part reunion, that's the sign of a shitty season. That was my take when he said, and coming and on the finale, part two of the reunion, I said, oh, we have nothing to talk about. See, I don't like four parts, but a three-part if it's is is the meat. If it's good though, because sometimes they'll put in a lot of like filler stuff. So I I'm happy that it's only two because I don't think there is much. I think because There's a lot hint. of the resolutions, like we, we're kind of in the same place that it started. Like we know where the season went. And this is kind of the thing with reunions is unless there are really high stakes and there's a real, like a Teresa and Melissa where they don't stand each other and you know that they're mm-hmm. just going to come for each other's eyes. Unless it's something like that, like we don't need to rehash these things for three whole episodes. Yeah, no, we don't. And it definitely needed two seasons. And I think what's sad is I can remember when we were so excited about OC and that Tamara was back and we first started talking about it. But we didn't know that what we got in the first three episodes was going to be on loop for the entire season. And that's really what happened. That was it. That's the same stuff. And that's why the Tamara versus Jen. Yeah, Jen spoke up a little bit more, but it was just exhausting. You know, I was glad... Jen's like, you're not a good, you weren't a friend to me. And yeah, Jen, that was obvious day one. But okay, you know, it took you 16 episodes to watch to figure that out. Um, To live it and then rewatch it to figure it out. But the Tamara versus Heather thing, I will say, when Tamara accuses Heather of something, Heather's response as to why she did it always makes sense. When she describes saying, get me off this show, and she and she says where her headspace was and why she said it. Thought it made all the sense in the world. If I were Tamara, that would have changed my mind. In the moment, I would have understood being offended. But after she explained it, I would have been like, that makes sense. And that's the thing with Heather. Everything she says pretty much makes sense. And I think that's probably what frustrates the Tamara. But I am curious, since you know you blindly um, followed Heather and everything Heather does, you know, your team Heather all the way. What did you think about her saying there's no place for Tamara on the show anymore? Um, I think that that was true in that moment, but you know, Tamara, I think what made Tamara's uh what made her interesting in coming back was the fact that her friendship with Shannon had fallen apart and now it was time that they were working to rebuild that. So it kind of naturally reintegrated her into things. But had there not been a need or a willingness, then I don't think there was a place for it. Like, at some point, the shows have to evolve and move on. I think that we don't even really have a place for Vicky anymore. And I think Vicky in doses. I like, uh, you know, friend of Victoria. I don't need full-time orange holder. Okay, we will always disagree with that. But since 
I mean, I'll just do this now. I mean, I know we have another episode, but I, I swear to you, if part two is like part one, we're not recapping it. I'm not doing it. It's just a waste. There's nothing to say. There's nothing to say. Um, part two is them coming for Heather. Yeah, there's nothing to say. So in the spirit of perhaps possibly not recapping part two, who do you think should stay or go? For the cast? And if you had to bring one person back from the past, who would you bring? Like, who doesn't deserve an orange next season? Who does not deserve an orange next season? Um, I can do without Gina. I can even see Heather exiting. You know, ooh, you know who I would bring back? Callie Dodd. Hater. But I don't like Shannon either. But what I love is Callie's good TV. So as long as she's not saying something super offensive, I would be totally fine if Kelly... I totally forgot about her. I would be so fine if Kelly Dodd came back. Because if we're going to keep Shannon, fine. Just go ahead and give us Kelly Dodd. Yeah. I mean, I would take that season with a Vicky. Like, you know how much chaos that is? Gina may not come back because she already said, based off what Shannon said to her, She's like, I don't even know if I want to come back to this. Just a fear. Gina's not walking away from the show. Come on. She has two houses in escrow. She's moving. Yeah, though she's baking cookies and it's working. It's working. Yeah. <laughs> you cannot wait. And what was that rumor? Travis has a small dick? Is that what they were saying? Yeah. Guys, how old are we? <laughs> I mean, and he may, but it's like, listen. Oh, this is the rumor. Travis got a small dick. What? I love a pocket rocket. Do you? It really is all about the motion in the ocean. Yeah. Like, I used to have a girlfriend who was dating this guy who had a small penis, and she would always be like, he he works that thing. He be working that little thing. <laughs> they, they try harder to, like, overcompensate. Yeah. They really, like, they make up for it. When they have the small one, they make up for it in other ways where when you have, like, a big dick Aaron, as Danny Pellegrino calls um, Denise's husband. Are they still together? Yeah. Well, listen, that's OC. That And th- that might be the end of OC. We might not be talking about OC again until 2024. Un- of course, Unless, of course, it is in the news of the week. I don't know why. I will say this. I thought for some reason the reunion was filmed after Shannon's DUI. So... 10 days before. That's also disappointing that we're not, we're not getting that. But um, maybe they will give us kind of like a Vanderpump-esque thing where... And they should where they bring the cameras back so we can see the aftermath of what happened. Obviously, this is a legal issue, so that's going to be a little bit more difficult, but that's what I want. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. Well, that's that. We're going to move on to New York. Thank you, Zach, where Jody Walker is joining Morally Corrupt. This episode is brought to you by Pure Leaf Iced Tea. Go beyond reality with new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea and discover a berry delicious world bursting with unexpected blackberry flavor. A world so full of refreshing blackberry iced tea that you may never want to leave. But there's always time to linger. Try new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. Visit amazon.com slash pureleaf and enter 20 Pure Leaf for 20% off your purchase of new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. 
when you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. New York, Jody, let's get into it. Let's just start off from the top with the big bomb revelation that Abe drops on this double date that he, Aaron, a David size husband and Cy, go on. They start talking about Jessalyn Povitt's sex life, which I know we're on a reality TV. I know it makes sense, but the sex life doesn't. Oh, but Aaron couldn't wait. Aaron couldn't wait to talk about it. They started talking about some little game they played on that trip where they used each other's phones to like send people messages. And she was like, she was like, well, you know that, you know that Pavit and Jessel are having sex issues. And everyone's like, yes, we do. We all know we're all already on the same page. I, I, I know some stuff has come out about David and Cy this week, but you know, we are David fans on this podcast. What came out about David and, and Cy? Oh, oh. I mean, listen, it's extremely, uh, it's extremely alleged and rumored, but that they, there were some, you know, people did not love her on this episode. So then some stuff started to come out that they started dating when she was a bartender at his restaurant and he was fully married and that she's always said that they got married in 2009, but that actually maybe they got married in 2017 after like their second child was, I don't, it's, you know, it's Reddit, it's. It's, but it's been out there. I mean, I've definitely been seeing it. I have not seen this. Thank you for this information. No, people aren't just disliking Psy for this episode. People no. don't like Psy. Well, I have a question for you, Rachel. What is Psy's deal? I mean, she, I don't enjoy her eat like she's just a sourpuss. Yeah. And I, I you know, I've, I've said it before. We, we want to see you, we don't want to hear from you. That's really what it's come down to. And I feel like Sai's going to be, you know, she'll be on the defense at the reunion and she's going to say, well, I'm I'm, I'm from Brooklyn. We're just, you know, like I'm direct. I'm bitchy. No. She's this already is not, doing it, Rachel. No, I'm I saw direct. a clip. She's already doing it. Yeah. Like, I'm direct. Doubling down. Like I tell the truth. What I do is tell the truth. But she, she, she doesn't. I mean, she's just harsh. She's just really harsh. And oh, we'll get there. We'll, we'll get, get there with her and Jessel. We are David fans. We like how he stood up for Jessel and that she had, had just had twins. And so it makes sense, you know, that she may have been in a tough place when she tried on the nighty and is not having sex with Pavit. And I did think that when Aaron brought this up at the dinner table, that David was sort of immediately defensive of Jessel. That could have been me projecting. But that was the last time anyone was defensive of Jessel at this dinner. For sure. So then, so then they start, yeah, talking about Jessel and Pavit's sex life. And Aaron... She walks herself right into it. She poses the question, hey, you two, what would you do if your wife didn't have sex with you for a year and a half? And what did her husband say? Immediately said, and I quote, 
fuck other women. No candor. And everybody starts laughing except oh, for Oh, no, Aaron. she was not laughing. She's like, like she tried to laugh, but she's, you can tell she's embarrassed. She's, she's pissed, taken off guard. And she's all, it's almost like a, you set the quiet part out loud. Because what follows after that, I mean, David then gives his answer and says the relationship would be over. I mean, a lot more downplay. But for but some reason, also like, everyone's like, that's the right answer. I think they're just like, that's such a, that's a better answer than what Abe said. For but sure. I'm very, I'm very confused about how like Pavit is being posed as this sort of like sketchy person in this dynamic of husbands when these two husbands said they'd either leave their wife or fuck other women. And Aaron's immediate response, almost again, like saying the quiet part out loud to Abe is she says, what if something was going on with me? And I'm like, that's exactly Jessel, like Jessel had a ton of postpartum stuff going on. Like that is why they're not having sex. What do you not? Un- it got, it got, br- it made, it was made real for her real fast in this moment. Yes. But then they pivot into talking about their sex life. <laughs> and it was like, I was not, if I had to line up the couples, I wouldn't have picked them. But then they hear about like, and, and it's like they weren't on the same page. Like, oh, well, we've talked about an open relationship or, oh, yeah, maybe in 10 years, this is, I would want an open relationship or we've talked about a threesome, but it has to be a girl. And you said I couldn't bring a guy in. And I'm like, no, they've really had these conversations. Abe wants an open relationship now. He does. Today. Yes, he does. Yesterday. Yesterday wanted an open relationship. And I mean, he's that's, like, he's, he's like, wait, Jessel, Jessel hasn't been fucking could like, could maybe we could be swinging over there. Like, what are the options here? He's already who plans it? Who plans like in 10 years? This is what we're going to do. It's almost like that's what they compromised on. He said, I want to open relationship. And Aaron said, you know what? I'll give it 10 years. That was such a weird. That was almost equally, if not more as a weirder conversation than the fuck other women part, because it was like whoa, where did this come from? And clearly you guys have talked about this at great length. And you well, can see like talked... Cy and David were kind of oh, like... so uncomfortable. <laughs> What's happening here? Because it felt like they've talked about it, but they're still on really different pages. And like somehow the page is that like Abe can have a threesome with Aaron and another woman, but Aaron can only sleep with a gay man while Abe is in the oh, room. Oh, I forgot about that part. Yes. What were these? I was like, that. I think I'm pretty open-minded, but like, that's not really a dynamic. And what's, what are we achieving here? Like it, it just feels like Abe wants to sleep with other women. Well, it, absolutely. But like Aaron was like, yeah, I'd sleep with the gay man. Who the fuck says that? As a straight, as a straight woman. Like, I mean, if you're, if you're a gay man or you're bisexual, yes, all that makes sense. But like as a straight woman, no, I don't know any straight women who desire to sleep with gay men. I, what I gay that was men so... desire to sleep with straight women. It was that part like too. I didn't like that this, part too. But like kind of like they're like a prop sort of thing. Like, well, that's the safe zone because they don't actually want to fuck you. Like, use a dildo. Got this this episode of Morally Corrupted. <laughs> but like it was so weird. And I think it it made me feel like they don't know how to have sex. Like, it, it made me feel like yeah. they kind of, like, don't really have an understanding of sex. And then for Erin and her testimonial to be like, I have to have a sexual relationship. I was kind of like, I'm a little curious how things are going here. 
Yeah, it just, it was too telling. And I really hope Andy dives into it at the reunion. But it was, you know, to the point that Devin, our producer, is making, it was stepping into problematic territory. I do have this, like, it bothers me when I see straight women what I feel like use gay men as accessories. And maybe I'm even more so feeling like this because this is coming off Justin posting, my friend, Justin Sylvester, posting a picture with Aaron. <sighs> I don't even want to get into and it what, that much. And so what did you respond to the picture, Rachel? What did you comment on the picture? I thought I was very tamed. I sent an emoji that had a red face with the eyes wide open. Wide open. Very subtle. A very subtle response from Rach. Wide open. But I thought, stay away from him. Stay away from my friend. And your instincts <laughs> were right. I know. I know. You know what? I need to clip that that scene and send it to my friend. I need to send yeah. it to him. <laughs> like, these are, she's plotting. She's planning. Watch out. Stay away. So weird. It was like, it was such a weird dinner. And I also feel like Sai probably doesn't like Aaron that much, but she's kind of like alienated. You know, they've both kind of alienated everyone else and have like ended up in this unholy alliance where, and I just feel like Sai and David were regretting this choice at this dinner. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, they seem to be entertained. It was like, you know, get your popcorn ready. We're just going to sit back and watch this relationship implode because the conversation definitely was. Um, so we get that. I mean, that's how we we start off the episode. And then it jumps to a healing session that Uba's hosting, which, you know, seemed the right intention. Um, who wasn't there? Bren wasn't there. Was that the only one? Bren, was Cy there? Uh, yeah, everyone was there except for Bren, who got COVID after you know, probably giving it to an entire lesbian bar when she was helping Jenna pick up women and then an entire antique bookstore. <laughs> we just see, been seeing her flit all over town and she was like, yeah, I got COVID. And I've had it since I, Anquila. Exactly. And Jenna didn't seem, was Jenna bothered by that? Oh, I don't know. She didn't, she didn't seem, she seemed okay. She seemed fine, probably because she'd been tested and she knew she was in the clear. Maybe her, we didn't catch her panic on screen. Um, and, you know, I know I have no skin in the game when it comes to this, but I've mentioned this before on the podcast. I loved, I love the friendship between Bren and Jenna. And I love that Bren was helping Jenna in a fun way, kind of put herself back out there and loosen up. But the flirting is a little much to me. Like, it it just seems, I, I said this before, when they came over to Sai's house for dinner, and Sai's first words to Jenna were, don't my boobs look great? And it's like, yes, Jenna likes breasts. But do we have to keep doing this? You know, it's just, I saw somebody make a comment on Twitter. The Twitter is always very good about that show. And they were like, if Bryn shimmies, winks, and smiles one more time in her confessional, I'm going to lose it. And I, I know. thought, oh yeah, she does do that a lot. And I get it. I get that people would be annoyed with it. And I also get like what you're saying. And I feel like I had that reaction to how much she was flirting with Jenna originally. But now Jenna seems to enjoy it so much that I'm like, you know, if Jenna, if like if Jenna's having a good time, then I'm going to take her lead. And then I really liked seeing it in this dynamic because everyone's always like, Bryn is such a good flirt. And it's kind of like, well, there's a time and a place for flirting. And this was the time and place like was to I mean, that woman that Jenna was talking to was very hot. And I was 
extreme. Like, you know, they were standing so close. I was like, something's gonna happen. She needed to text that number. Yeah, they were cute. I, I mean, clearly Jenna's in a relationship that she's posting all the time on social media now. But yeah, like that was, I mean, again, I loved seeing them together, but sometimes I think it's just overkill. Not necessarily in this moment, but it's just, it just can be a lot because- When she sucked her finger. Yeah, it's <laughs> like, we get it. You're flirting, you know, you know, I mean, I don't know. Again, if Jenna loves it, you know, again, I need to shut up. Like I said, I have no skin in the game when it comes to this. And I might just be overthinking all of this. But it's, I think it's it's just always been a pet peeve of mine when I see people do that. Brynn's definitely better than Cy being like, how do my breasts look? Like, move, or, move or on, Cy. Move over. Cy is no flirt. She's no flirt. No, she's rigid. Um, okay, and then we get to, oh, Jessel and Pavin have a staycation and they have sex. And I don't know, Jody, didn't you believe them when they said that they, when Jessel's confiding in the women and she's like, or not the women, sigh. And she's saying, you know, we had a staycation and she's happy to talk about it. And she's like, hey, we got away. We had this very intimate moment. It was romantic. Pavit planted. And we actually had sex. Yay. Which is something you say to your girlfriends. Like, be proud of me. You've Especially been pushing when they've me been to fucking this place. hounding you about having sex. Yeah. We yes, were pushing me to this her. place. And I did too. Never questioned it for a second. She finally did this thing. You've been rooting for her to do it and telling her she just needs to bite the bullet. And then your response is, yeah, I don't believe her because she would have given me the details. Fuck you, Sai. And the way that Sai was acting while, you know, and I listen, we can circle back around everything, but we just got to get to this, to this lunch, this like terrible lunch with Sai and Jessel. I know that Jessel was late, and so Sai was annoyed. And that was very clear. But Sai would barely even look at Jessel like she wasn't giving her anything. So why would Jessel then like delve into details? It's not like Sai was asking questions like, oh, well, were you nervous? Like, did it, you know, she wasn't being like empathetic. She was just being like, oh, yeah. Oh, uh-huh. Like, why would Jessel give her more details? She hates Jessel. She hates Jessel. But she hates her. And why? And, and she finds a problem with every single thing that she does. She can't do anything right for is her. hate. Right, which is, hey, oh, why did you plan this? Oh, you know, Jessel's like excited. She's like, well, Friday's, you know, it's the weekend for me. Sai's like, it's not for me. It's a work day. Well, Sai, it's Friday. Like everybody gets excited about Friday because they know the weekend is is hours away. You know? And like, and why, why would she not believe that Jessel had not just gotten laid when Jessel was like, it's the weekend, baby? Like she was Thank glowing. You. She was Thank glowing. You. And you also, know why Sai, I know they had sex? Because I saw Jessel in that lingerie and I recently saw a picture of Pavit with a beard and he needs to grow it back. He looked so hot. Really? <laughs> yes. I need to see that. I mean, I think and he's handsome more- in general, but they're like, yeah, he is really handsome. their wedding was in vogue and it's been, all the photos have been floating around and he has a beard in some of them. And like, I just, I think he needs to get it back. That's a personal the more- request. But the more I, I'm a beard girl, the more the more I see him, the more I'm like, they're really a beautiful, beautiful couple. And I do find him handsome. Um, but something I was going to say about Sai. Oh, I also thought Sai's like, it's a Friday. I work. I'm like, you are a content creator and a businesswoman, which means you set your own hours. You aren't clocking in working nine to five. You're not on your lunch break. You set your own schedule. Stop it. 
And you know what? The way that Jess, they think that Jessel is about having like a bit of a chip on her shoulder about that, like she did all of this herself and she didn't have any help and they have a lot of questions about it. That's the way that Sai is about her job. She is always trying to make it seem like she is working. She is going to a photo shoot. She works so hard. Like she works just as hard as someone with like a more normal, understandable job. And that's like, yeah. And nobody asked any question. You know, that's fine. I buy it. It's like, is it, I'm, it's a different kind of work. I'm sure that she works hard and like working hard and how that equates to what it equates to is like a big topic on housewives right now, like in Salt Lake City. But it's just, yeah, like Cy can't be questioned because if she is, she just, this continuing to say, I don't care is, I think that's what's finally tipped everyone over the edge is to be like, I don't care, Jessel. I don't really care. Like, I don't care to have lunch with you. I don't care to solve this. Well, then you can't be on a reality TV show. Like, you can't be on The Housewives if you don't care to have these conversations. You have to have It's a theme. It's a theme. You know, they could put a compilation together of Cy constantly saying she doesn't care about things. Like, whenever there's an argument, she's like, I don't care. I don't care. And can we move on? Can we do this? She yeah, cares because you so start much. these conversations. You start these conversations with Aaron. The way you and Aaron get together like mean girls, <clears throat> you do care. But the whole I'm above this, I'm above all of this type of stuff, it's like. And side note, so her husband owned a restaurant? I think so. So he has money. Yeah, he has money, but that's another thing that's been going around is like. He doesn't seem to do that now anymore. So everyone's like, where does their money come from? Because it's not all coming from her. But she makes it seem like it is. And that's what I find interesting for you to tell me that he had a restaurant. She was working there. I don't know if he had multiple restaurants or a bar. I don't know if it was successful or not, but he very well could have sold it. And now, because she alludes to he works for her, like he works with her. Um, womenshealthmag.com, when you Google Psy husband job, says, David manages the couple's household while Psy pursues her career, per Bravo. So they're quoting Bravo. So that's right. So I think that if he had these places, he might have sold them, made money, and he could just chill and manage. And then like they bring this income in together. But I just find it interesting that that's what he did before. And she makes it seem like they're they have this brownstone because of her. Like, it's all her. It's all the things that she's doing. That's the, that's the take that I got in the first episode when we were becoming, when we were getting introduced to her, that she's always been the one making money. I don't know. Oh, I don't know. I, I didn't get that in the first episode, but I think because I just assumed he was rich. I don't know. Um, but... Uh, it's just, it's not a win. And I think it's been kind of dragging down the end of the season. Yeah, it's the more, you know, she's, we're seeing, the more we get of her, the more we see her true colors. Um, But for me, Jessel and Pavit are a highlight. Like, I really like watching them together. They they sometimes make me genuinely laugh. I mean, they, they can be like really gripey and snippy with each other, but they are funny together. And I like knowing I've I've been learning a lot about air travel lately. And I like knowing <laughs> I was recently like on a weekend with a lot of people who travel all the time for their job, like 
all the time. And they were just telling me like crazy stuff about you. And like these kind of people, like they know which terminal is what and and, in which club is what and which credit cards to have. And I know a lot of people know that, but I would say I travel a normal amount, not a crazy amount. A lot of people don't know that. Right. So like, but this thing that he's doing, taking a mileage trip to Vietnam, like that's a thing. And once again- But for 24 hours- I yeah, will say, because like to keep status, absolutely. Like you take a trip to keep because that status is so important if you travel. But all why the time. Vietnam for twenty four hours? Because he wants because he wants to go to Vietnam. It's like you you have to take a long trip. You have to get the miles, and he wants a banh mi sandwich. And I'm invested in Pave, and he he is really passionate about food. You can tell. <laughs> this is the, well. It's the one thing that I will say. It's like it was giving passport bros. And that's what I think that Sai and Aaron were alluding to. Of all but the places that no you're going. But they have no reason to think that. Like, they're just, it's so judgmental. When people say that they're going to places like that, like my friend was, because I just learned the term passport bros. And my and my girlfriend who's single is like, no, she loves to travel. And she's been all over the world. And so when she meets a guy and he's like, I love to travel, and then she's like, oh, really? Where do you go? And if he names places, like he's like, oh, you know, Thailand, Brazil, the Dominican, or, you know, like a Vietnam, Thailand. And she's like, "That's those are the only places that you've been? So when he said 24, I too would have been like, hmm, okay. But I will say, this is the only thing, and I'm not giving them anything. It did cause me to like raise an eyebrow. And I'm also not well for, and I travel a lot. I still am not well-versed on like how to points, how to do points and play games with this. And this is the best club to get into. And you have this credit card that can get you into this club. And, oh, if you get this many miles, I I still am not well-versed in that. So, you know, it's a different world. And I think if you're not familiar with it, you can say, hmm, I don't know. Oh, I right here on this very podcast was raising eyebrows about Pavit going to Vietnam. And now two weeks later, I really like Pavit and I'm putting them back down. I like, as is my I, right. I like Pavit. I mean, whoa, we have we have changed. I we have I changed. really we liked Sai in the beginning. Remember? We liked her in the beginning. That doesn't I sound fo- familiar to me. I Rachel. followed her. I unfollowed her. <gasps> I don't drama. follow people. I you know, remember I was following her because I was a fan of, you know, the aesthetic. But I thought I thought about it to myself and I said, she popped up on my page and I said, in good conscience, I just cannot follow her. You know, as I also follow Jessel. And I just thought, I don't want to support this type of behavior. And I'm never, I never unfollow people. I don't, I hate when people do that. And I found myself saying, unfollow. Because you know, people, if people go to Sai's page and they see Rachel Lindsay follows, then they'll be like, oh, well, she has Rachel's support. She should I have mine too. I had to remove too. myself. Wow. I had to remove it. I, I, I don't follow a lot of housewives, but only from that season, I only now follow Jessel. Um, Huge get. And then at the end, at the end, we do see Jessel again trying to, and I feel so bad. Like this maybe she shouldn't have to explain her situation with her uncle. And here Jessel is trying to defend or relate or whatever you want to call it with Sai and open up and be vulnerable because that is what Sai has demanded from her. Not asked, demanded that she open up to her and see the real Jessel. And Jessel is not just opening up with her words, she's showing emotion. She's crying, explaining to you how, you know, I know you had a rough upbringing and I understand, you know, your mother was an alcoholic and and I 
too know what it's like to have a family member who was an alcoholic who actually, you know, succumbed to this addiction. And she's sharing that with her, somebody who she's close with, somebody who could have been like a second parent because that she you know, lived with. Yeah. And it's like, your only response is you're trying to relate to me and it's not the same thing. It's apples and oranges. And she was fidgeting in her chair listening. And I'm like, you, you see, are like so cold. Yeah, she's so turned off to Jessel. She can't do anything right because you see like how Jessel got there because Sai is telling her, we're picking on you because there are holes in your story. We are truth tellers. We like the truth. And we don't like people who talk in circles and who have holes in their story. So then Jessel's like, let me fill in this hole for you. That is a difficult period of time for me to talk about because my uncle was an alcoholic. And I do really wish that Jessel hadn't said anything about Sai's mom because Sai was going to take it that way. Like, if maybe, maybe if she hadn't said that, then Sai... I don't know, but but probably not. Like, side, there's just, just can't do anything right in size eyes. No, she can't. She, and she can't. literally and puts her hand in the air and says, "Check, please." Yeah, I just, I'm, I'm glad, you know, in the next week's episode, we see the breakdown of the friendship because I want Jessel to stop trying. That's what I want. I want to see her stop trying, and I want her to move on and towards the people that actually care about her. You tried every, you can you can honestly walk away and say, I tried. And you know what? People will see Sai and they are seeing Sai for who she is. Again, I will always preface this because people are like, it's reality TV. You don't know. No, it brings out the best and the worst in people. And just because it's bringing out the worst in you doesn't mean that those sides don't exist. It doesn't mean that they're not there. They're there. It's just maybe that's all, that's what's shining or what's louder than the other side. This is Sai. I mean, Sai brags about being direct and bitchy, and we're not misunderstanding it. That's who you are. Moving on to Salt Lake City. Episode five. This one's titled The Nastiness and the Rumors. And rumors. we know it's titled... We know... <laughs> the nastiness and the rumors. The rumors. <laughs> Every time. I'll never we recover. know what rumors they're referring to because we saw, we know that there are these, as we imitated Meredith, there is all this talk surrounding the husband, the husband of Angie. And, but we don't know what it is. I think we've even talked about what we, what we've heard it is, what's been speculated, but what comes out, I, I was kind of right. Totally. But the speculation, we'll get into that. But I was like, oh, I don't know why I thought it was going to be a little bit more tame, but it definitely is wild. We'll get into it. Um, this episode starts off with Monica and Whitney meeting up where they are basically debriefing over the Palm Springs trip. And Whitney, it's so funny to watch this dynamic because Whitney's giving energy of like, 
honey, I've been here. This is my fourth season and it's just the first for you. So let me just give you some tips for survival. Don't you, aren't you getting that yeah, energy from Yeah, I was like, why Whitney? is Whitney acting so serious? Like, I've never seen her act like that. Normally, like, she wasn't being very nice. And even though I, I fully feel that Whitney is a snake in the grass and, like, absolutely set Monica up in every way, just like we've seen her set other people up before to tell rumors, um, she was acting so weak. Like, she's normally nice, you know, and playful and fun. And she was just, like, very serious at this at this and the, and then Monica is like now like the young playful and fun one. Yeah, I really believe that Monica is like that. But then there's also this thing of Monica seems to not actually be plotting and playing like you know Whitney loves to accuse people of just trying to get in the good graces of whoever is most popular, which is what she's doing with Monica. She thinks she's sucking up to Heather and Meredith and throwing Lisa and Angie under the bus. But first of all, Monica's not actually friends with any of these women. So like we're like she and Angie are not friends. Like they are trauma bonded from Jen maybe. But they've never once acted like friends. They're like always fighting as far as we can see. Angie tried to stuff a biscotti in in Monica's mouth. Like it was like physically assaulting her in this episode. They're not friends. Um I just, you know, I buy I buy that Monica is just a chaos agent and not necessarily like plotting and planning her approach in The Real Housewives. Yeah. Yeah. that, And I appreciate that. I, I think we understand. She understands what her role is here. And I think that she's playing it very well. Um, we all enjoy Monica. But I just found this, this scene interesting because we really haven't I mean, we haven't... Is is Monica holding a snowflake or is she a friend of? I think she's a friend of. She should be holding a snowflake. Yeah, I, I, I feel like this is the first time we got a housewife on Salt Lake City or a friend of that the women really don't know. The other friends of, like an Angie, everybody knew Angie. The other Angie, everybody knew them. This, she just is coming in. And I just feel like Whitney feels like this is an opportunity to be, I'm here and you're here. And also like, let me show you that I know what's up. And almost to take, manipulate or take advantage of Monica's newness to the group. And for whatever reason is trying to turn her on Meredith. Like, Turn her against Meredith. Be careful who you align yourself with. Meredith's not the one. I've seen, you know, the way I just, you know, the way you threw, you attacked your friend Angie in that moment, it just made me look at you different. And I love how Monica's like, be direct. Say it. Tell me what it is. Tell me what it is. Yeah, Monica's like, Angie was acting crazy. So I told her she was acting crazy. And like, who, who wouldn't. I mean, I just, I can't, I cannot stand Angie. To Whitney's credit, Monica falls for this hook, line, and sinker, crows like an absolute bird at the end of this episode, and like falls right into the trap that Meredith fell into last season of Whitney goading her. Whitney knows the rumor. How that was, <laughs> oh my, Whitney is the no, worst No, I actor. haven't heard it. Oh, oh I no, I just it. know there are rumors, but Everyone in town has apparently heard these rumors. Literally, the moment that Angie K came on that cast, people would have been in Whitney's DMs 
so fast. Like she has heard, that's why they always have rumors about each other because people tell them so that they have ammunition and just to have something to talk to them about. You know, it's like they're housewives. They're a commodity. And also, you're telling me that Meredith pulls you to the side and said, you know, I have all this dirt on Angie and you didn't say, what is it? You just said, I don't want to know. Or that's all Meredith said and just walked. No, you inquired. Even if, if that was the first time you heard it, there's no way you were like, really? Okay, no. Yeah, Everyone's and it was gonna, off anybody camera, in that situation, you definitely asked. Anybody in that situation is going to say, oh, I've heard that too. Like, what What have you heard? Or what is the dirt? Yeah, so Meredith, Whitney's like, I'm not going to do the dirty work. I'm going to have Monica, the rookie, do it for me. But yes, and to Monica's credit, she also knows it's exactly what she's there to do. So Lisa has this party, ski party, where we're doing things, which makes sense on Salt Lake City, not on Char- in Charleston for Southern <laughs> Charm. Um, but... Lisa has this party, which it's like, okay, she's always pushing Vita. And I I got, have you ever had Vita? Vita has to only be sold in Utah. I it has know. to, right? Uh, yeah, I've, I, I almost feel like I've laid my eyes on it, but I've never had it at a bar. I mean, she, Lisa, I don't know, again, I know you're not supposed to question people's money, but on the Housewives, you are. Because you're flaunting it, you're showing it, you're telling us the price tags um, on these things. And so it's like, you, where is the money coming from? I don't know. And she seems to have so much money. And that's now it's this so whole much debate money. about her being materialistic. And she both doesn't want to be called materialistic and also is like, it's not bad to be materialistic. It, it kind of is. I think the bad thing she's doing is continuing to say that she's worked hard for this and to like equate working hard to having a ton of money when we're all clear that like, or we all should be clear or Monica is clear and Lisa is not clear that like, just because you work hard doesn't necessarily mean that you have money. And just because you have money doesn't necessarily mean that you work hard. If they happen to overlap for you, that's fine. But to make that like a world value judgment is probably what Monica is running into here. Yeah, no, so on point, absolutely right. Um, Lisa and Monica, you know, I I kind of zoned out during this fight. I'm not going to lie. Lisa and Monica have a lightly physical altercation. I mean, it was nuts. Like, they were like in each... Lisa was in her face, (laughs) and you were just like, ah, white noise. Like, next... Okay, I, we 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 got to get to the rumor, but real quick, it's very funny because Angie inserts herself in this fight with Lisa and Monica. She takes a biscotti off of Monica's plate and attempts to stuff it in her mouth, and she's not mic'd. Like, that's the funniest thing is, like, they don't even have her mic on. You can't hear what she's saying because nobody cares. Like... <laughs> Nobody cares. She's a housewife and they do not have her mic on while she's trying to stuff a biscotti in a friend of's mouth. It just, I'm, I'm over Angie. The rumor is not okay, but it's also hard for me to get up in arms about it. Yeah. I mean, it. The, I didn't even notice the not mic thing. That's absolutely hilarious. But my, Angie's allegiance to uh, Lisa is wild. I, I'm like, what? When did I don't remember their relationship last year? Were they close? They're also trauma bonded by Jen, and I think that a lot of this goes back 
to Jen. Like, I think even Monica's distaste for Lisa comes from all the experience that she had with her with Jen. And so, like... sure. I love Lisa and she gives us housewife and I love what she gives us on the show. But I guarantee you when Monica was Jen's assistant, Lisa was treating her like a subhuman. Like she didn't even know Monica existed. She was screaming at her on the phone. Like I think that's where Monica's coming from. And I know that Monica is going to ultimately betray me and do something so terrible that like I can never forgive, even though I like her right now. I just, I feel it in my bones. Um, But like, I get where she's coming from. (sighs) I, listen, the whole time, this whole episode I was waiting to get, I was like, please tell us the rumor. Please don't leave us on a cliffhanger. Please don't make this to be continued. And they didn't. Um, We got it at the end, but we also got this fight in between. Um, a lot of finger pointing. I think that's when I tuned out. Like you hit don't her. See those fingers. <laughs> I said hit her. <laughs> you know, get, hit get her. the finger. Hit her. Like if this had been any other franchise, there would have been a slap, a push. I mean, we've seen the rumors with Jersey. There'd been a cup thrown. Get those fingers out of the face. Give me some real contact. Not that I. Not that I. Well, there might be now because the last thing we see is Angie storming over to Meredith because Monica ultimately delivers the information with a thrust from a very emotional Whitney um, that the rumor around town and that Meredith is threatening to spread because she's mad at Angie is that Angie's husband, Sean, fucks other men and that they have an arrangement that he can fuck men in as as many as he wants and that their marriage is fake. And then that's the rumor we first hear. Then when Monica delivers it, she adds another sort of detail, which is that I think she says that Meredith said that these men are talking all over town and they need to get it in check. So I'm like, at some point it became that everyone knew this rumor so Monica knows what it is to someone has heard it directly from Meredith because like they were adding on details. Exactly. Well, this was my issue with the delivery of the rumor. The way they were telling it to Angie was as if Meredith told them these things. We have not seen that. All we've seen is Meredith say, Does she want me to tell the rumors about her husband? She alludes to it. It could have been finances. It could have been this. It could have been a version of this. We don't know what Meredith actually said, but the way Angie is receiving this information, the way it's coming to her is, let me tell you exactly what these rumors are that are coming from Meredith. So I understand Angie's anger and the way that she's coming towards Meredith, but what I don't think is fair is, we don't know that. Monica has said flat out, she has heard these rumors before. Not from Meredith. She heard these rumors. But yet Monica presents it to Angie as they came from Meredith, which is kind of messed up. Yeah, they're like, I mean, it's just it's just a strange dynamic of being like, Meredith is threatening to tell rumors. And theoretically, they don't know what those rumors are. And now Angie is amped up about some rumor that they heard around town. And do we get a reaction from Whitney? For Whitney to not know anything, I don't remember having a extreme... Like, if I didn't know this, and this is what the rumor is, I would be like, oh my oh, gosh. You must have still Whitney been tuned out, Rachel. Yes, she did, did she ever... literally exactly oh. what you just did, which is like kind of clutch her chest and lean back in her chair, which weirdly is the exact it. same physical reaction that Angie has. And I just watched you do it because you were faking a reaction, which makes me think that all of these reactions are fake. 
Um, Angie's did I, now. I paid attention to Angie's reaction. She clutched to her me, little chest. It there was. I felt like I got nothing from her. Like let somebody tell me that about my husband. I probably would be like, "F you, blah 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 blah." Don't come in my like what, what? But, you know, Angie was like, oh, "That is so disgusting," and um, I'm like, "Angie's heard the rumors." Oh, Angie's either Angie heard is the living rumors. it. Angie's heard she's the living rumors. it or she's heard the rumors. One of the two. She's living it or she knows. But her, it was almost like she was, tr- she took a second to try to say and, and make sure you react like this and go. That's what Angie was giving to me in that moment. She may have been in on this entire delivery with Whitney. Like, because I, I do believe that Angie is like, Angie would do anything to be on this show. Anything. (laughs) Including, like, starting a rumor about her, you know, or whatever. She's like, if she's like, I know that's not the case, so who cares? Yeah, let's start it up. Let's get me in a fight with Meredith. Let's get me so deeply ingrained in the tissue of Salt Lake City that they can never get rid of me and my terrible sunglasses. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And I will say, those shady Bravo editors... The fact that they, because we, Angie's holding a snowflake and we don't really know anything about her personal life. And the fact that they gave us insight into her personal life and showed her at home in their house that has no personality, no character. It's just all white. Like even their bedroom, their bedroom was so weird. Their house is terrifying. Living in a rental. Like it was cold. It was like the what I would imagine the Snow Queen on Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. That's the kind of house that she every, would have lived in. Every part of that house feels like it could cut you. Like it yes. just feels like you would immediately be cut when you walk in there. Even the child's room. I'm like this. There's nothing childlike about this room. But they give us this inside view of their family dynamic, and all we see is that. They have this very cute daughter. I didn't even know they had kids. This very cute daughter. And Angie has basically said, I am detached from my husband since we've had this child who's, what, 12? And so for 12 years, her relationship has been with the daughter and his relationship has been with that hideously dyed dog, that pink and white dog. He's going to bed and the dog's following him. And then, so you're giving us that they they don't have this connection. There's this wedge in between him. There's no romantic, you know, or love between them, it seems like. There's no intimacy. There's the word. And then we get this rumor. So it just oh, plays yeah. right into oh, the it. Editors they know exactly what so they were dirty. doing. And like, yeah, she, she, we've learned one personal detail about her. It's that she doesn't have sex with her husband anymore, which she more or less says. And then we... You know how I know that's true? Because I have never seen a bigger bed in my life. Like, they could be sleeping in different countries. That is two <laughs> king beds pushed together. It is 100%. crazy. 100%. A hundred percent. Oh, I, 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 do, I do love what Salt Lake City is giving us. Um, everything that we're getting, for the most part, except for OC, is really great. Uh, we will be back next week, same time, same place, to give you all the goods. And as we gave you at the top of news of this week, we know that amazing seasons are on the horizon. We have so much to look forward to in Bravo World. And I know I can't wait. Jody can't wait. Zach can't wait. De- Producer Devin can't wait. And we know our morally corrupt listeners can't wait either. You guys have a beautiful weekend and we will see you guys next week. <laughs> 